If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. This episode of Viking 360 could be called the Coach's Corner. We'll look back on the just-completed football season with Coach Steve Sayre. We'll look ahead with basketball coach Luke Parsons, Lady Viking basketball coach John Kennedy, and Viking wrestling coach Matt Smith. The 6-3 Viking football season included several accomplishments. Among them, Steve Sayre became the first coach in Ripley High history to qualify for the playoffs in his first season. Coach, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, again here to, to kind of wrap up the season. Sorry that you didn't get a play this past week to compete in the playoffs, but uh, still a lot to be proud of and a lot to build upon as you look toward 2021. Yeah, Brian, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. You know, we wish we'd have got a play in the playoffs, but uh, that just exemplifies this entire year. 2020's been uh, a year of firsts, and what the heck? I mean, might as well just qualify for the playoffs and then not get to play because of the map of many colors. Coach, it was really a a test of, of wills throughout the year because from one week to the next, you didn't know if you were playing, you didn't know who your opponent might be. It was just really an odd situation and you talk about the resiliency of your team and your coaching staff you guys won six games out of nine Uh, pretty impressive season considering what you faced not just on the field but off the field absolutely I think the biggest challenge was uh, off the field all year Uh, once the first map went gold uh, for Jackson County and we missed our first game uh, with Oak Hill early in the season and we had a team scheduled to play us for the entire week. They had told us multiple times that they were definitely going to play us. And then on Saturday, they just said, no, nah, we're sorry, we're not playing you. And by that time, it was too late to find another team. And that caused a, a lot of havoc and heartache that week, for sure. And we were open that week. And then, of course, from then on, it was just every Saturday at 5 o'clock, check the map try to find someone to play, and try to find a day to play. And one week, uh, <clears throat> Shane Casto and I have talked about this several times, one weekend we prepared for four teams in three days. And we watched films, we had game plans, we practiced on a Saturday uh, morning, we thought we had a team scheduled here on Monday, the map color for their county was wrong, so we had to schedule another team for Tuesday, which ended up being Scott at their place, but we didn't get to play Scott that week because our map collar was wrong, and we ended up getting Spring Mills on Friday, plus the team that we had played the, the previous Friday. So that, that was four teams in, in a seven-day period that we had prepared for as a coaching staff, and, and <laughs> you know, you just can't do that. In a normal year, you can't do that. And our kids did it, and our coaches did it, and I'm just tremendously proud of them. All the moving parts throughout the season, as you alluded to, 
One of the things that didn't change were your seniors. Uh, maybe a play or two here and there that maybe you would like to have back, but those guys showed up and played every week and gave you everything they had, and I'm sure they did the same thing in the locker room and on the practice field. Absolutely. I think their presence in the locker room and the practice field is what allowed us to do this because uh, <clears throat> without their leadership, without their uh, – maybe not saying out loud, but uh, showing their actions, hey, we're going to go to work, we're going to play the team that's in front of us, we're going to listen to the coaching staff, and we're going to go as hard as we can. And, man, they did it. Our seniors did that every week. And some of them really fought injuries to come back and play for us and and leave a game with a dislocated finger and get it taped up and come back in the game. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of having a dislocated finger, and they're not the nicest thing to do, let alone try to tackle someone or block someone with. And we had two different seniors do that this year. So, you know, I'm just so proud of the way they played. And the way we finished the year, hey, we're the first Ripley team that's qualified for the playoffs and won our last game. Can't beat that. You talk about seniors, Caden Hall. He nearly had 800 yards rushing in, in nine games. And you talk about Matthew Moore. He was, uh, there were times this season he was unblockable uh, and, and was dominant on both sides of the ball. Quentin Joyner tied former Viking and former principal uh, Will Hassefluke in tackles with 114 this year. Um, you had, I don't know if you realize this or not, Mike Rubin brought this to my, uh, brought this to my attention. You were 3-0 and on the road. You outscored your opponents 91 to nothing in those three games. Amazing what, those, what these kids were able to do. And, and more importantly, the guys like, uh, guys like Joyner and the guys like Moore and Armstead and your seniors and what Quentin was able to do. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you want to remember that was nine games. And uh, 114 tackles, you know, uh, Mr. Hosflick was a linebacker. Uh, when you're playing defensive end, you only get one side of the ball. But Quentin was all over the field. He made at least two touchdown-saving tackles in the open field, 25 yards downfield. And for a 240-pound man to run down a running back in the open field, that, that shows tremendous hustle uh, because in a foot race, they're not equal. But on the football field that Friday night, they were equal in speed. And, you know, that's an amazing effort right there. But, you know, Isaac Parsons coming back from missing two full years because of injuries and contributing in a huge way the second half of the season for us. And, you know, it, just the attitude and effort that these guys put in, I, I couldn't be more proud of them. And I'm really proud of our coaching staff because they just kept level-headed and kept preparing and, you know, it had been really easy for our coaching staff to have just said, oh, man, we can't do this. But their attitude was, okay, you know, next man up, let's go. Who will be playing this week? And uh, th- that made it a real easy season for me. Coach, you got some young studs as you stare down off-season program coming at you. Uh, hopefully a full off-season program, a full summer program, a, a regular uh, uh, preseason program. But you have – uh, some studs coming back. The future is bright for Viking football. Well, I think so. But there are so many big ifs. And uh, like you said, a full off-season program. Right now, the county's red. We can't even get the entire team in here to turn in their equipment. We're, ha- we're having to do it in four separate days and spreading them out. And 
I, you know, they talk about COVID fatigue. I am just absolutely sick of COVID, and I hope that it, we find a vaccine for it and it goes away because it has, it's just horrible. It's horrible for the school system. It's horrible for society, and uh, we just need to get rid of it. But, uh, I, again, these kids have done such an amazing job. It would have been so easy. We didn't see them for four months. It'd have been so easy for him just not to have came out for football. You know, I'll just continue laying around the house. And uh, they came out for football. They worked their butts off. And we need a really, really good year of weight training to, uh, you know, because our seniors had put in three good years of weight training under Coach Smolder. And they were strong, and they maintained their strength. They worked out on their own. They took videos of themselves working out and sent it to me so that I would know they were working out. But our underclassmen have got to step up, and it's going to be a real challenge for them to step up and uh, perform the way that you and I think they can. Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Best of luck uh, this offseason. Stay healthy. And we hope and pray that we open the season up in late August in 2021, play 10 games, the games that were scheduled, and everything goes off without a hitch uh, next season. Well, you know, I, there's no need to limit our uh, prayers to 10 games. We might as well go for 12 or 13, 14, something like that. But, yeah, you know, we, we want to set our goals high. We, we want to play a playoff game next year. We want to win a playoff game next year. So, uh, you know, I'm going to speak it out there, and we'll see what happens. I know we were absolutely blessed this entire year, and uh, we're just going to have to keep doing the right things to be able to continue doing that. Coach, thanks again. You're welcome, Brian. Thank you. The COVID-delayed basketball season has key questions that are yet to be answered. Coach Luke Parsons talks about dealing with all the uncertainties. Coach, just uh, just another year, right? Nothing, nothing different from previous years. Yeah, other than the delay and no summer workouts and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we were ready to go. We had flex days and – Got some conditioning workouts in, and we were ready to rock and roll, and the governor shut us down. Talk about that just mentally for you guys, your coaching staff and your kids. You guys were gearing up, getting ready to go. Practice be starting this week or next week, I believe. And, again, the brakes uh, put on that, and now you got to refocus. Yeah, practice was started this week, and um, we were ready to rock and roll. Friday I was getting ready to uh, put a plan together for the week for tryouts and then the following days after that, and – he came out and shut us down, and it's it's frustrating as a coach because you you know you're you're mentally getting ready for that and preparing for that, and then for the kids, I can only imagine what it's like for them. They haven't been able to do anything. Um, if they didn't play football, they haven't really been able to do anything other than about three or four weeks that we did conditioning and flex days. So, you know, they're just they're they're ready to rock and roll, but mentally for them, I, I you know they're they're tired. I think we're not even going to get into the what ifs and what it could look like uh, we're basically just in a holding pattern tell me if i'm right or wrong that we're waiting to find out what our schedule is going to look like when we're actually going to play you were given an, a january 11th date but again that's could move one way or the other so uh, basically uh we have no clue when the season's going to start or who you're even going to play 
Yeah, the governor said we'll basketball or all winter sports will start uh, January 11th. Um, we assumed that meant we start practice that January 11th, that Monday, and then we could play the next Monday. That's what we assume. Um, we're still waiting on clarification from the SSAC on um, what or if any anything we can do before January 11th. Um, coaches have contacted each other. We've talked to a bunch of coaches over the weekend, and they've put proposals together to the SSAC to give to the governor to try to get us somewhat started back um, sometime before January 11th, but I don't know. You know, it's just going to depend on what the governor decides, and if it's January 11th, we'll start January 11th and learn on the fly because if they make us play 20, 22 games like a normal season, we'll have three, four, maybe five games a week just trying to get it in. Well, that was my next question. You know, it basically gives you six weeks for the most part. If you started on the 18th, started playing games. If you played two games a week, you're looking at 12-game regular season, and I'm sure you would probably want to be more aggressive than that if possible. Is there a number of games that you're angling for? Do you want to get to 15, or you know, is there a magic number that, uh, given the time that you have, that you'd like to fit in there before tournament season? Um, talking to coaches over the weekend, um, a couple of them have came out with the number 20, um, and that's if they extend the season. Um, if they don't extend the season, like you said, we got six weeks, February 27th, I believe, was our last game, or February 25th, somewhere in there. That that gives us six weeks, and, you know, if you play three games a week, that's 18. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, but but scheduling conflict, trying to get all those games with the teams and, and gyms availability because the girls are going to be in the same boat, wrestling's going to be in the same boat. So, you know, I'm not real sure what they're going to come up with and, and how that's going to play out. But uh, for me, you know, between 15 and 20 games I think is ideal. That gives us enough time to to get the kinks worked out and get ready for post play. Tell me about your team, Coach. Um, you've got a pretty young basketball team coming uh, back, but you've got a long, lengthy, athletic basketball team, really from top to bottom. Uh, when you look at the roster, they all look fairly similar in size, with the exception of the outlier and Luke Johnson and and uh, Joey. Obviously, uh, is a bigger. A more physical kid, uh, Caden Hall will be down in there as well, bigger physical kid. But tell me about your, your team and, and what you expect. Well, as of right now, from what we thought were coming out and who's the kids we've talked to, we had four seniors coming back, three juniors, and nine to ten sophomores. So, you know, we're going to be a sophomore-heavy team, younger guys. Um, they are athletic. They are good. Um, and then he, and then he sprinkled some of the upperclassmen that are going to give us really good minutes and, and be able to do things for us. So, you know, we got some new ones, and then we got some veterans that are going to be there to help uh, bring them along. So hopefully, you know, the, our style of play this year was going to be try to get up the floor, up and down, try to get easy buckets on the offensive end, and then um, put pressure on, the, on us as defense, put pressure on the other opposing team as much as possible. And, and just try to make it uh, a fast-paced game. Coach, you had a pretty short bench last year. Uh, you Typically two or three uh, reserves got into the game. Do you expect that to to be a, a little different this year? Do you expect to see more guys in and out of the – and I know you, it's hard to say without seeing them in practice, right. but just what you know of them right now, seems like you're going to have a, a lot of depth. Oh, yeah. It's going to be – there's not a person on this uh, team coming back 
other than Caden Prophet that really got any playing time at the varsity level. Prophet's about the only guy that, you know, probably averaged more than five minutes a game at the varsity level. Um, so it's a whole new team. Um, style of play is different. Um, their skill level is different than what it was, than what the seniors were last year that we had. And so, you know, the game's going to be completely different. I, in my mind, I do think that, you know, our bench is going to be huge. Um, I, don't, I don't see a lot of drop-off from five, six, seven, eight. You know, we're probably going to end up playing 10, maybe 12 guys, just depend on, on how things work out. But I think the bench is going to be uh, – we're going to have depth there. Coach, just from uh, a personal standpoint, what have you learned about yourself as a head coach? What things do you think you've done well and what are things that you want to improve upon uh, just from a, maybe a game management standpoint or maybe just a practice management or how you've handled things uh, early on in your career? Well, the, the thing I've learned the most from being a head coach is try not to do everything myself. Um, you know, as far as practice playing, come up with all the plays, come up with the inbounds plays and all that good stuff. You know, delegate some, some stuff to my assistant coaches because I always ask them questions and we always tweak stuff after I come up with things because they got way better ideas for the most part than me um, because they can they can zero in on on those things and not have to worry about everything else you know I got to worry about fundraising and all that stuff and then worry about the game um, so j- j- just relying on them more and uh, you know I give them a lot of credit all the time because they do do a lot but just giving them more of an opportunity to to, to do that stuff and then I mean that that's the most for me is just letting them do things that I would normally do um, on my, my own. Well, Coach, uh, have a happy holiday, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you before the season, early in January. Hopefully, it will happen. Uh, but we look forward to it and uh, have a happy and healthy uh, holiday. Yep, Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas to you guys. He was a state champion as a Ripley High wrestler, and he's coached 11 Vikings to state titles during his decade as head coach. Mike Rubin talks about the upcoming season with Matt Smith. Matt Smith has been directing the Viking wrestling program for about a decade now, and he'll be back for the 2020-2021 campaign. Matt, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Rubin. Tell us just a little bit about, um, I know that you had a brief wrestling meeting, but uh, then everything kind of came to a halt, so just bring us up to date. Yeah, we started out the year um, basically kind of going progressing as normal. Um, Then the SSAC came out with some guidelines and things like that that we needed to do and the modifications, so I had to go and revamp the schedule and things like that. Um, We're starting to gear up, um, had our parent meeting on a Sunday um, before we started the week after or we're going to start, and um, came across on that uh, Friday before we were going to start our actual practice and things like that um, to find out we were going to be pushed to um, into January um, 11th, I believe, before we could actually start um, practice and then matches, of course, and things like that. So what are the biggest changes because of this COVID-19 situation, the biggest changes involving the wrestling rulebook uh, for this season? Um, they've tried to do some, they've made some modifications and, you know, they're, um, things that are, you know, they're going to be in flux a little bit depending on what's going on and trying to make things a little bit better. Um, of course, we're going to be following the maps and things like that, like other sports have done in the fall. Um, but in terms of wrestling, it's one of those things that, um, 
we're a close contact sport, so of course it's going to be um, difficult from that standpoint. But at the same time, the contact tracing and things like that's going to be a little bit easier because you're only wrestling one guy versus being exposed to an entire team if somebody ends up having it. Um, and and on the same side of that, we also um, have to deal with skin issues and things like that. So contagious, you know, trying to take care of the mats and cleaning them every day and and just cleaning in general um, is pretty important for our sport. So. Um, it's one of those things that um, the, the modifications they came out, I think, kind of steered toward that. And I think that's definitely a good thing um, to where they're basically secluding the teams and um, weighing in at their own school and things like that to try to help alleviate some of the, the issues and problems with um, just expose, exposure to it um, if somebody were to have it. Matt, uh, let's talk about uh, the program this year, starting with uh, your coaching staff. Uh, we've got Ethan Koontz helping me out this year. Um, Ethan's uh, helped me out the last um, um, last year and, and has been a part of the, uh, our program um, before that. Um, Ethan's a, a, a pretty good kid. I, I liked having him. Um, he was one of those guys that even when he was in school, he basically said, you know, hey, I want to try to help you out. Um, I know you're, um, you need some help, things like that, and um, saw that. So... Um, him stepping in there as a, as a state uh, qualifier or a couple times state qualifier and um, a guy who was um, in the mix to be a state placer his senior year um, I think really is, is, is a good thing for our program to, to kind of bring some um, youth in which is funny to say now um, being um, being like you said a decade into this now so um, it's good to have him around and have him around with the guys and things like that so as far as your wrestlers go, you were telling me you have some experience this year, uh, some seniors on the team, plus you have uh, five uh, returning state tournament qualifiers. Yeah, we've got um, nine nine seniors this year, which is um, pretty incredible. We've we've never had that many um, while I've been at the high school, um, which is a really awesome thing to say, and I'm glad that we have those guys back and really hope that they have a season to be able to compete in, of course. Um but at the same time, you look at that and you say, oh, man, you, you got a year with those guys, and then they leave, and you, you got to fill some gaps. But um, really excited to have those guys back. And um, as far as our returning state qualifiers, um, we had Luke Miller, who's a, a three-time state qualifier. He was a match away from placing um, the last three years, actually. Um, very, very tough individual. Um, really thought he struggled through the beginning of last year, but really came on strong at the end um, to be in the, in the position that he was in. Um, we've got Matt Moore returning, um, who's a ret returning uh, regional champ at heavyweight last year. Um, he was also a match away from placing um, at the state tournament. Um, we had Nate Cox, who's a, a three-time state qualifier. Um, didn't get a chance to compete at the state tournament um, last year, but um, beat several state placers during the year um, and was right in the mix to place. Um, Andrew Mainley's coming back um, as a state qualifier from last year. Um, really made some strides last season and, and came on strong at the end. Um, and also have uh, Brett Haskins, who was a, a state runner-up and a, um, placed sixth the year before. Um, really look at him to, to being a, a strong force to reckon with again. Um, and, you know, those, those guys, a lot of those guys are around the same weight and they give each other um, good workout partners and things like that. So I think they're really going to feed off each other and really help out the other guys who – um, we've got several other guys that did, that didn't qualify the state tournament that I really think are, are state placers that are in our going to be in our lineup. Um, I'm really excited to have have them back and um, and see what happens. Matt, let's talk a little bit about the schedule. I know um, that it's been postponed until uh, 
at least uh, January 11th uh, as of now, but uh, just talk about a few of the highlights of the schedule. I know they're, they're de-emphasizing tournaments and going to more smaller competitions. Yeah, that's correct. We we had already done away with tournaments. Um, that's when I had to go back and revamp the schedule. They had, they had done away with that um, and just went to duels, tries, and quads. Um, and that's where they were trying to limit the exposure and things like that to, to bigger groups. Um, in terms of what we had on the schedule originally, we I tried to see a little bit of everybody, um, especially the tougher teams in the state, of course. Um, we, we had pretty much every top ten team um, on our schedule. Um, we had... Um, we even had a trip scheduled to go to um, to Spring Mills, um, which is which is a pretty good hike. But at the same time, um, they've got a really tough team back. Um, like to really see them. Um, but it's one of those things that's kind of go back to the drawing board and start seeing what we're going to do. Um, still trying to figure out the logistics. I don't think anything's came out in terms of if the schedule is going to um, or the season's going to push out um, a little bit longer. Um, if it's going to be the same length, and it's just kind of deal with um, the the later start date. Um, that'll really play a part in it to try to figure out what to do. And, of course, trying to figure out, um, you know, just the logistics of keeping a couple weeks between regionals and the last match. So if anything happens at that last match, you'll be in good shape for regionals. And there's just a lot that kind of plays into it. Um, and there was a lot that played into it the, the last revamp that we have. But we'll, um, we'll go back to the drawing board and to get, and to get things lined up again. Um, and, like I said, the big thing with me is trying to see – as many good teams, as many good individuals as we possibly can during this season, so that way when we get in the regionals and state tournament, um, it's not going to be a, a, an eye-opening event. It's going to be one of those things they're already prepared. They've already went through the grind of the season, and whether they won or lost those matches early on, um, it gives them the experience and to develop and be ready for that opportunity whenever it comes around um, at the end of the year when it really counts. Coach, thank you very much, and, and good luck good luck of the season. Okay, thanks, Rube. Appreciate it. He helped Viking basketball reach the state tournament as a player, and he's hoping to do the same thing as a coach for the Lady Vikings. Now in his seventh season, Mike Rubin gets the latest from head coach John Kennedy. We're talking with Lady Viking basketball coach John Kennedy. And, Coach, I know the uh, countdown <laughs> had been counted down, and you were actually – practicing and then a funny thing happened on the way to starting the season can you just tell us the situation that you were facing there yeah we were uh we were able to uh, practice with our girls um it was a little different uh, practice schedule than i've ever been used to uh, i had to number the balls individually we couldn't do any team concept the girls couldn't do any rebounding drills no passing drills basically all we could work on is uh skill development and shooting and that was it. And Coach Allum, uh, in four days, um, we were very pleased with the effort that they were putting into their conditioning. Whereas years before, it would have taken a couple weeks, but these girls really got the opportunity to get their legs underneath them very quickly in the four short days that we had practice. And Coach, you mentioned uh, Coach Allum. Let's talk about uh, the Lady Viking coaching staff that you have uh, again with you this year. Yeah, I've got uh, Coach Allen uh, back with me and Coach Stuck. Um, both of them are former players of mine. I coached Scotty when I coached the boys at the middle school, and then uh, Coach Stuck, Rachel Stuck, when I coached at the high school um, with uh, Coach Justin Frazier. And both of those are a blessing to have on staff. They know what I expect. 
Both of them are hard workers. They go above and beyond for me and for the girls especially outside of practice. Um, when we were shut down back this spring, Coach Allen, he developed a whole uh, weightlifting conditioning program and the girls would get on daily and, and check to where they completed it. And it's, it's just awesome to have both of them on staff. And Coach, uh, I know you said you had practices were were underway and now you're going to have a delay at least until early January it, it appears so tell us about the personnel that you were working with in those early practices and how things are shaping up uh, for the Lady Vikings this season. You know we've got uh, the incoming freshman class is probably I think we have right off the top of my head I want to say six or seven they make up half the team. Um, we have uh, Sophie Nichols, um, Aaron Ryan, uh, Olivia Greathouse, Ellie Hossafluck, uh, Morgan Shanklin, Corbin Casto, and I, if I forget anybody, I, I apologize to them and their parents. I, I don't aim to. Um, they're going to be extremely competitive, and, and all those girls that uh, oh, I forgot, Jillian Butler, she's also uh, one of those competitors in that class. Um, that class right there brings a competitive nature about themselves. You've got Ellie who just came off uh, All-State Cross Country and what a competitor she is and you know, her and a lot, the majority of, well the rest of those girls, not the majority, the rest of them, they were competing in everything they did whether it was individual ball handling, they were pushing one another in practice. If it was shooting drills, they were trying the last 30 seconds or 45 seconds of a drill, they were pushing and pushing the ball faster down the court. We couldn't do any passing, but they were getting better every single practice. And then you've got uh, returning players. You've got McKinnon Hall that was a freshman for us last year that started. Uh, she already had that competitive nature about her. She's going to be a, a, a welcoming, you know, familiar face to the program. And uh, you've got Avery Harris. She worked her tail off this summer in the off season. Um, Lauren Roush. She's going to be one that I'm going to miss greatly. You know, she's been with me for four years, and she's leading uh, the program in charges. Uh, her and Taylor. You know, Taylor kind of set the tone for you know being unselfish and taking those brutal hits inside the paint. And Lauren's just followed her shoes, you know, and and stepped up above Taylor. And you got Kiana Baldwin. Force, uh, they're uh, it's going to play huge minutes there for us in the post, and her athleticism is is unreal about how quick she is, and she can jump, and you know she brings some size to us. She's about five nine uh, with us, and you know surprisingly when Coach Allen, Coach Duck was talking about our team, they said, Coach, you know we've got a little bit of size where we haven't had, you know, in, in the past year or so which will be extremely nice when we take the floor. Everybody doesn't look at us as much of Smurfs as we run out onto the court. Um, we've got Hamina Maya. Um, she's coming back this year. Um, she's gotten better in the off season. You know, I think maybe last year was her first time she'd ever play ball for us, but she's improved in her skills and she's, she's a great kid along with everybody, every else, everybody else that's on that team. They're just extremely great bunch of girls to be around every day. Coach, let's talk a little bit about the schedule. And a big change was made in West Virginia high school basketball this year in that uh, instead of, as, a, as the case in, mo in other sports, you have uh, three classes, but in basketball this year, on an experimental basis, they went to a 4A system, and Ripley is now in the 3A system 
with that. So rather than looking at uh, Parkersburg and Parkersburg South come sectional time, you'll be looking at schools that are more your size. Yeah, for over the past decade, um, we've been going up against two of those perennial state powerhouses in PHS and South, like you said. And, you know, if you play them once or twice during a season, the girls just, they get, they're demoralized going into sectionals because you took a beating by 30 points. And, you know, when you're looking at um, going up against Point, Winfield, Nitro, you know, our season goals was to get that number one two seed coming out of sectional. Nitro is going to be extremely tough this year. Uh, they've got uh, probably the state player of the year and Bailey Goins. Uh, she's just a phenomenal offensive threat. Um, she played sick against us last year and put in over 30 against us. And her and Sarver were trading threes at, at one point. And uh, they're going to be tough. Winfield, they lost, uh, I think, their top six or seven. It was a senior-dominated group last year. They got a transfer in from Huntington St. Joe that's going to contribute um, and help them out. Uh, and then Point Pleasant, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, Coach, I've got 18 girls out. It's the most I've ever had. And I told him, I said, you know, that's great for you guys, good for you and the program. And uh, he's excited about what he has. And just like every other coach in the state, you know, we got a bombshell dropped on us there, you know, on uh, Friday and where we had to shut down until January the 11th. Uh, but our regional opponents, uh, it's one of the toughest regions in the state. When you throw in uh, Logan, Wayne, I mean, they've been in a state tournament. You know, if you're looking there, Wayne's been there uh, probably the last three or four years. Um, Logan uh, went through a little rebuilding. They've got an excellent guard down there that's uh, tough as nails. And uh, Huntington St. Joe with uh, a new administrator coming in. Um, they kind of dismantled that powerhouse that they had down there for over a decade. Um, so they're not going to be a, as tough as what they have been in the past, but you never know who they've got there. And then you've got Scott. Um, they've got uh, an excellent guard. Um, she gave us fits when we played them up here last year. Or no, I'm sorry, that was Shady Springs. I, I misspoke there. Shady's not in our region, it's Scott. I don't know anything about Scott. and. With the way season is now, there's, you know, where we're postponed, who knows what the games we're going to be able to reschedule. Scouting is going to be none unless you can get game film, and then that's even going to be limited. So it, it's, a, it's a different season um, that we've, I've ever experienced before, but I've always tried to maintain a positive outlook on things, and you just deal with the, the cards you're dealt. Coach, thank you very much for talking with me, and I uh, hope you have... A good Thanksgiving with your family, and we'll look forward to talking to you again in January. <laughs> Thank you, Rube. Always appreciate you and what you do for our girls. You have a great Thanksgiving as well. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.